this week on The Startup Life. My line of work is, is kind of difficult to jump into entrepreneurship. It seems fun. It seems easy mm-hmm. because it's like, oh, you talk. But it's actually very different and very difficult because people are looking for that tangible. People Absolutely. want to see the watch. They want to see, you know, the course. They want to see whatever it is. All right, Startup Nation. So let's take flight with Stephanie Lee, founder and lifestyle mastery relationship expert at Successfully Me. The Startup Life begins now. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother. Hey, Startup Nation. Do you enjoy the startup life? Now you can let the world know with gear from the show. Choose from the label yourself, make your own look, and making money t-shirts to tell your story of your path of entrepreneurship. Click the link in the show notes to purchase. All right, Startup Nation. So I hope you're ready to receive some value today. We have Miss Stephanie Lee on the mic today. How you doing, Miss Lee? I'm wonderful. How are you? All right. Are you ready to pour some knowledge into Startup Nation today? Yes, I am. Thank you awesome. so much for having me. Oh, awesome, awesome stuff, awesome stuff. So first things first, Miss Lee, tell us your story or your path of entrepreneurship. Okay, well, I am a lifestyle mastery and relationship expert. Um, I have my master's in psychology, certified in life coaching, and have been an entrepreneur for about seven or eight years. Um, I come from a family of entrepreneurs. My family is of island descent. Um, My parents were born in Haiti, and um, I was born in Chicago. And I would say about 70% of my family is an entrepreneur. Um, They are all about the grind. They're all about, let's try this out. Um, If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And so I've been raised to kind of see that. I've been raised to see the non-traditional perspective of how life can be as far as, you know, being an employer or being the employee. Um, So it made it made perfect sense for me to kind of choose this path. Even in working traditionally, I've always known that that's something that would fizzle out for me. And it sounds like that's a really important piece, you know, because we do have like people who come on the show and we hear stories about that generational entrepreneurship, you know, uh, type, you know, way of thinking, if you will. And it seems like that's very pretty important to you as well. It is my, Mm -hmm. you know, my parents, are they started a new business they've been in business i think um since we moved to florida so i'm originally from chicago right we've been down here about 15 20 years i'd say Mm -hmm. and since we've moved to florida they've started a, a business and they recently started something a few years ago so what i also see is um the importance of reinvention and not giving up you know they're not saying, oh, I'm X, you know, Y, Z age, and I'm, I'm not going to do that. No, they are all about moving forward, you know, doing what works and um, creating the life that they want. So I, I want to mimic that as well. Awesome stuff. Let me ask you this, Miss Lee. What Was this your first business idea? Or if it wasn't, what was your first business idea? And what did you do with it? My first business idea was um, a cross between like therapy and 
event planning. So I wanted to do um, by, you know, bi-monthly or bi-yearly retreats, um, but kind of like on a very grand scale. I've mm-hmm. always been interested in doing stuff um, that would serve someone's well-being. And so kind of creating that environment where people couldn't wait to get to it was something that I was big on. And I had just um, done a wedding and I'm not formally an event planner, but I was like, man, you know, I have a really strong skill set that would work for this. So that's how I thought um, I would, you know, end up building that business. Um, But I didn't do that at that time. Gotcha. Okay. So you still kind of do it every once in a while, a little bit to kind of get that creative spark, maybe? It's on the back burner, but it's definitely something that I will do. I think um, it's best that I do it in the manner that suits the direction that I'm going in. So although it was a great idea then, it wouldn't have worked out (laughs) the way that I wanted it to. Gotcha. Let me ask you this. Who or what inspires you as an entrepreneur and why? Okay. So several people. Um, I already talked a little bit about my parents, so um, they're a a set of people who do. Um, My husband, for sure, because, you know, we're all, you know, formally educated. Um, He has his master's in in business, but he grinds like no other. And he is all about entrepreneurship. He's all about creating time freedom um, and creating the life that you want, not necessarily around dollars, even though that is very important, but Mm -hmm. around whatever you want to do. So he is definitely somebody who I pull from. And then my mentor and bestie in my mind (laughs) is Oprah. (laughs) Because I I have, I love her, have loved her, you know, I mean, I used to on snow days, you know, living in Chicago, wake up to watch her show as a child. And she's definitely a mentor for me. She's somebody who I study, who I pull from because she, she's fearless. She's always been very self-assured. Even if she didn't know, you'll hear her say, like, I always knew something. And she's always been very intentional. So mimicking um, intentionality with everything that I do is, is something that I pulled from her. So I have, you know, various mentors who I pull from um, in various ways. I'm going to have to put you on the spot here a little bit, Miss Lee. Oprah, is she running? <laughs> okay. Is she going to run for president or not? You know what? Like uh, half of me is like, I would, you know, she could do anything, you know, she could do anything and I'd go for it. But the other half of me is like, she's such a jewel. She's such a treasure that I, I don't want her to because I want to, you know, protect her. I want her to continue to be who she's been. She's affected so many people and she's created such massive change just being herself in the space that she's in, I would not want what I've seen that role to do to do to her. Gotcha. So. I, I think I share that same sentiment, Miss Lee, for sure. For sure. Let me ask you this. Uh, we're going to talk about a little bit about your uh, time in corporate America. Uh, have you ever had like a bad boss or a worse boss or whatever the case may be? And what did you learn from them? Yeah. So I would say my first boss, I'll never forget it. When I got out of college, um, you know, I had like a lengthy, I think it was like two and a half month training session. And so of course, when you're training, you know, it's like a, a lot of information and you don't, you don't retain all of it. You know, I, I'm a, I'm a believer in like, you really learn as you do. So I remember, you know, really starting the position and I went to her office to ask her a question and she I mean she was super sweet but she just she didn't know anything and and her response was oh did didn't they did they go over that in training which to me (laughs) let me know that she didn't know the answer 
Gotcha. Um, and she was relying on that. And that just always rubbed me the wrong way. And mm. um, I'm being the oldest child, I'm definitely like very much an alpha in some ways and very independent. Understood. And it just reaffirmed that I, I need to do that. Um, because to kind of rely on who I believe should know, it really doesn't matter that I believe she should know that. She doesn't. Um, and that created a lack for her, I'm sure, in other ways. But it just kind of reminded me to really um, be aware of everything that I'm doing and knowing what I'm doing, not expecting that so-and-so should tell me. So it makes me even more um, willing to kind of figure things out, even when it's not really comfortable for me moving forward because I need to know even if you know I need to know got you understood now let me ask you this I want to hear a little bit more about your your website and this and the other but tell me how you market or advertise your business do you use social media does work word of mouth works best for you how do you get the word out there about what you do okay so social media is huge for me mm-hmm. I started marketing many years ago um, on Facebook and now I still do like Facebook and Instagram but um, also, because I've been doing it for a while, it's word of mouth as well. So I'll have old clients who refer um, me to new people. And, you know, if I comment on somebody's, you know, page with my thoughts, I've had people send me messages like, hey, I really like what you have to say. And I've been following you. What I do is is different than, you know, someone who maybe does something a little more nuts and bolts. Right. So when people are looking for someone to help them with their lives or help them with their relationships, they want to touch, they want to feel like, why should I go to you? Like, who are you? Absolutely. And people want to see who you are and see if there's a connection because um, at a simplest form, you know, therapy or life coaching or whatever you choose to call it, it mm-hmm. it's a simple conversation. And right. I try to let people know that to take away the scary stigma of what it could be and what it could mean. So I try to put myself out there as much or offer, you know, free uh, advice or do videos so that people can see me, they can feel me and they can know, okay, I want to talk to her. I like her, you know, I'd be comfortable with her. You know, a lot of people are starting to want to see a therapist or see someone. And a lot of the question is, how do I find that person? And, you know, I know that they're right for me. And at the end of the day, they might have a bunch of letters behind their name, but that doesn't mean that they're right for you. So I, I think that. it's really important to connect um, with your audience. So a lot of my stuff, I will put videos on Facebook. I will put um, videos and posts on Instagram. And recently I started doing uh, recap videos for a popular show on YouTube. Um, mm-hmm. I think I've only done three because it's, it's been out three weeks for this season and I've gotten okay. a lot of good traction for that. So Nice. People uh, are responding to that. You, you know what, Miss Lee, you bring up a very interesting point because in, in your line of entrepreneurship and what you do is not really like there's not too many tangible products that you're selling, right? It's not like you're not like you're selling cupcakes. It's not like you're selling smartphones, but you're selling something that really is based on building a relationship. And we know in Startup Nation that, you know, if you know people don't buy stuff from people that they don't know. And since yours is kind of an intangible product, in the wheel, if you will, uh, it's really important to build that relationship. So I appreciate you pointing that out, Miss Lee. Thank you so much for that. Thank you. I also just, and it's really important that you say that because mm-hmm. I think my line of work is, is kind of difficult to jump into entrepreneurship. It seems fun. It seems easy mm-hmm. because it's like, oh, you talk. Um, but it's actually very different, different and very difficult because people are looking for that tangible. People Absolutely. want to see the watch. 
They want to see, you know, the, the course, they want to see whatever it is. So in, in tandem with the sessions and the space for you to create the life you want or the relationship or whatever that may be, I also do have tangible products because mm-hmm. I know, you know, the society that we live in. Um, right, so I right, can tell right. you a little bit about that later, but I, I, um, sure. it is important to kind of have both if you're going into that entrepreneurship lane. Absolutely. Thank you for that follow up. I do appreciate that. Let me ask you this. What was your biggest failure on your path so far? Oh, I'm sorry. What, what did you learn from your biggest failure? My apologies. No problem. Okay. So biggest failure is probably avoiding the things that don't come naturally to me. Gotcha. And what I learned from that is that that does not work. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> if, if you close your eyes, it doesn't mean that what's around you isn't there. It's just you're, you're not choosing to look at it. And right. that does not work. Um, so what I learned from that is to get my hands dirty, it's to make myself uncomfortable. Um, and it taught me that I can do so much more than I thought I could. And it makes me excited because seeing yourself thrive in a place that you just believe would not work for you, mm-hmm. it gives you so much more ammunition to, you know, attack other things and build your business even stronger. And now you're aware of all the layers of your business instead of just the ones that feel good to you. I hear that because like, you know, a, a lot of people who jump into the life of entrepreneurship, they uh, those first couple of days or weeks or whatever the case may be, they don't understand that they wear many hats. Like you can't just work on mm-hmm. the stuff you like to work on. Right. So no, I'm glad you pointed that out for sure. Agreed. Let me ask you this. So entrepreneurs consider themselves lifelong learners, always diving into professional development, things of that nature. Uh, what does that mean to you? And what are you learning now? Um, I think that's a great question. Um, to me, if you're not moving and standing still, you may as well just not be doing it. Because entrepreneurship is like a, it's, it's like a lifelong roller coaster. And I mean that in the best way. Mm-hmm. Um, there are ebbs and flows. And even, just with the ebbs and flows, you need to be learning. Whether, whether that's how to get out of your ebb or how to monetize that flow. Um, developing yourself by just simple stuff like networking, um, reading, um, doing something that nourishes you. You know, if you think of yourself as a plant, um, you can't bloom and um, continue to be fruitful if you're not nourishing yourself. So I think that's really important. Just being in the self-development space, always reading something, you know, I'm rereading the alchemist right now. Okay. Um, I started journaling again, which I always do. And also attending different things. Uh, my husband and I recently attended a conference in Tampa with this organization called CEO space, where it's a organization of business owners who go for the week and really um, connect and, and are in a space of how can I serve you? So, you know, in going there for a week, it was very intensive and they have them about four or five times a year, you're learning to pitch yourself. You're sitting in different workshops for media or, you know, capital raising and all of these things by people who are really successful at it. And that's not a one trick pony for me. That's something that I'll continue to do. So always looking to elevate because you're never in a space where you can't learn something. I hear that. I definitely hear that. Learning is an activity that never ends for sure. It's almost kind of like, uh, I, I believe it's it's sharks. Like if sharks stop swimming, they die or something like that. So they have to constantly keep swimming. Entrepreneurship is mm-hmm. a lot like that as well. So no, I'm glad you pointed that out for sure. Let me ask you this. Some say entrepreneurs need some type of formal education, you know, in order to, to be successful. Some people just say you need idea and work ethic, right? So 
Ms. Lee, as you know, as an entrepreneur and receiving formal education, where do you stand on that spectrum? I'm definitely not a, a degree snob. You know, I hear okay. people say that. And, and, you know, I just because I come from a family who just came from the islands and just did their thing. So for me, that. you know, I can't I can't say that because I've seen people grind it out and be, you know, far more successful than somebody who's formally educated. However, I do value that as somebody who's formally educated. I think it really depends on the industry that you're in. You know, if you're going to open up a practice as a physician, you, I, I need for you to have your formal <laughs> education. Absolutely. 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 I need for you to know how to do that. If you're in project management, I need for you to be able to read that blueprint. Like there's some stuff that you just cannot go in and wing it. Um, even with, um, in my industry, I find, and no shade to those people, but I find a lot of people who are like, you know, I, you know, I, I, I want to help people, but I don't have time for that. Or, you know, everybody loves my motivational quotes and I'm kind of like, you know, okay, but that does not equip you to really deal with the ins and outs of a, of a human being. You know, there's right. some things that, and, and even if you love helping people, you can have a conversation, for example, that opens up a trauma. A normal person who has no training will say, you know, that was great. I hope I helped them. Well, for me, the way I think about it is, did I trigger a trauma? And if you, if you trigger something, you have to close it appropriately because if you right. don't and that person walks away from you, they're left with that and usually negative things happen. The average Absolutely. person doesn't think about that. So, you know, it's, it's, you got to know when to stay in your lane you know if you're a motivational mm. person do that but don't assume that you could do what a therapist or or a you know a trained coach does because you can't um and you have to know when to monetize what you're good at so i've always loved fashion and and modeling and all that i'm just a fashion head like that an gotcha. entertainment head like that but i'm five two so long ago I knew that being a model, you know, and this was when I was young, but gotcha. I knew that that would not be something that I could do. So how do I monetize that? If that's what, what I wanted to do, get into blogging, get into the fashion industry, whatever that may be. If you're five, eight, you're not going to be that ball player. I'm sorry. So be, be a coach, figure out how to do that. Um, but it's important that you uh, recognize what you can and can't do because some stuff does require a lot of education. Um, it, it could be life altering and you just have to figure out what it is. But I definitely 1000% support somebody who has a business idea, who has a dream and they can make it work because everybody who's formally educated is, is still not equipped. So it really just depends. And you know what you, you bring up uh, a couple of points that I actually want to highlight. The, the first one is that like when you talked about, you know, maybe, uh, being a model is not, you know, is going to maybe not happen for you, but you found things around that modeling industry because you still appreciate it. You still like it in order to be successful. And I, I think that's very important that people understand because we have people who want to say, Oh, I want to, they want to be a life coach. Oh, I want to be uh, an event planner. Right. But you know, and they go into that space and they kind of fail miserably even though they didn't have the necessary credentials or whatever the case may be. Right. Or it wasn't really their passions, but you know, you saying that, you know, they kind of go and be successful in the periphery or kind of supporting the main thing is really important. So that was, I think that's really crucial for startup nation to hear also. And I think this was in the previous question, you talked about your family coming from the islands, right? Mm -hmm. And that makes them immigrants, correct? Mm-hmm. 
and, and, and I've all, and the reason I point that out startup nation is because I've always had this belief that immigrants make the best entrepreneurs because the thing is usually immigrants come to a new land, you know, and you know, usually a lot of times they don't know anybody or whatever the case may be. And they're, they're forced to make it work. Right. And so when they come and start a, a new business, right. You know, when they come to start a new mm-hmm. business, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, this is easy. Or it's not easy, but at the very least, I, I face rougher odds, right? And so right. I, I think that's really important uh, for Startup Mission here. And I'm very grateful that you shared that with us, Ms. Lee. Thank you so much. Thank you. And also on that, I think coming from a different country, um, you know, like my parents got here to the United States by here um, in the early 80s, maybe late 70s. Mm-hmm. But when I talked to them about how that happened, um, there was such a communal uh, experience of making that happen. So that. even with entrepreneurship, you know, just to tie those two together, even with entrepreneurship, even if you're a solo entrepreneur, like it doesn't happen alone. You mm-hmm. have to have a community with I you, that. whether that's the community you build or the community you already have, because that's what really makes everything hit. I hear that. Thank you for and sure. work. That's very important to share. Thank you so much. Last question mm-hmm. before we go to break. What does your average day look like? So my average day, it depends because I have several pots in the fire as far as, you know, um, creating products, uh, shipping those things, um, working on some of the projects that I'll talk about later. But um, a lot of times it might be sessions in the day. So depending on the day, I'll have certain sessions that I either have to get to or that I have to get into. And a lot of the times my days are wrapped around those sessions because I do a lot of the individual sessions. Um, so it really depends. My day as an entrepreneur never goes um, the way that I think it's going to go sometimes, gotcha. you know, uh, in creating my recent product that was supposed to be in my mind, you know, something that was very simple and there was a lot of toggling back and forth. So where I woke up one day thinking, oh, okay, this is how this day is going to go. Well, I spent, you know, easily 10 hours that day just trying to make that work for the deadline. So it, it really depends. There is no average day. Um, but since sessions are kind of my main thing, Mm-hmm. It's always usually included in some facet. Understood. All right, so we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. How do you like being on a startup life so far, Miss Lee? I love it. Right, <laughs> Great. Awesome. Awesome. awesome stuff. All right, Startup Nation, I hope you're getting great value from Stephanie's content. We got to pay some bills, so we're going to take a break. But once again, my name is Dominic Lawson, and you're listening to The Startup Life. teacher looking for great resources look no further than our teaching with Al section of our website 
enjoy great lessons such as our mini lesson for the story of an hour or dive into the Nixon presidency as part of our legacy series. Enjoy great peace of mind from our units as they are Common Core line. Click the link in the show notes to purchase. All right, Startup Nation, so let's continue. So, Miss Lee, before we get back into our traditional questions, I kind of want to ask you something, okay? It may be a bit personal, but not too personal. Um, As you know, we have a lot of, you know, female-owned, minority-owned businesses out there. And a lot of times they, you know, they don't necessarily get all the support that may be their male counterparts or their, uh, you know, uh, other uh, races, uh, race counterparts get. Kind of talk about that path and what that's been like for you. Okay, so there's definitely more work to do for us. I, mm-hmm. I agree. Just being what what some would identify as a double minority, as a woman, a, a black woman. You know, I think we have to shout a little bit louder to be heard. Mm. But I'm also a fan of directing my energies that in in a space that will suit me. So what I mean by that is it's really easy to focus on the negative. Um, It's easy to see where there is struggle, but I feel like when you look to see where there is struggle, you find more of it. So I align myself with the people and the networks that will serve me so that I don't get immersed in the struggle. Um, It's there, you know, like, I have to be more assertive. You know, I've been in in corporate spaces where I'm the only woman and the the only black woman, you know, I've managed people who were twice my age um, in in white men. Did Mm. they like that? Absolutely not. And I I could tell, you know, um, in some ways I would be objectified. I could see them looking at me in in an objectifiable way. And, you know, that was kind of difficult. Um, and, And, you know, part of that came from just hating you know, part of that came from um, jealousy, part of that just came from an innate natural place. But either way, as women, because most of us, that's what we know, that's what we've experienced our whole lives, you learn to thrive in that space. So I don't really face the struggle all the time. And if I do, it's because I'm not looking in the direction of the struggle. I'm looking at how to get out of that, how to maximize the relationships that serve who I'm creating myself to be, who my brand is creating itself to be. Um, so yes, we do, you know, have to work harder, but because we've been working harder, we don't know anything else. Understood. Understood. That's powerful stuff. Thank you so much for sharing that, Miss Lee. Um, You're welcome. Let me ask you this. What's the best piece of advice you've ever gotten? What's the worst piece of your worst piece of advice you've ever gotten? Um, I don't, I can't think of the worst piece of advice. To be okay. honest, I'm sure I've got some though. Okay. <laughs> um, but usually I like, I, I mean, I can tune folks out in a, in a heartbeat. So I've probably tuned many pieces of bad advice out. Best piece of advice. Um, the, the first one that comes to mind is, is recent and it came from my husband and I was talking to him about, you know, certain things that I want to do. And I was in a, I'll, just to be crystal clear, like I was in a, like a, not a great space. Like in that moment, I was just like being my bratty, you know, let me just <laughs> be a brat self. I don't care. Like I'm going to kick and scream, like, just let me do that. Gotcha. And he's great at, <laughs> he's great at letting me do that. Um, and you know, sometimes when we feel like things aren't happening quick enough or we're, you know, we're frustrated with a certain area, it's natural to look at external um, ways 
that that problem would go away. So in my venting, and, and the thing is, I'm well aware of my venting. I'm well Understood. aware that it's probably obnoxious in the moment, but I don't even care. So gotcha. I'm like, listen, Understood. no judgment. Just let me say whatever I want. And right. so I was kind of like, you know, if this could happen, if this could happen, and what about this? And, you know, he was just like, he just let me go on. And he was just like, you know, if you could see yourself the way, <clears throat> if you could see yourself the way that other people see you, then you wouldn't feel the need to like look at these external resources. Absolutely. And that was so powerful. He was like, I want you to see you. He was like, I see you. And, and he's not even, you know, of course he's my husband. So he, he you know, he'll say right. sweet things like that, but I know, you know, he'll also tell me things that I don't need to hear. So I, I definitely believe in the power of his belief in me, but he was just like, I see you. He was like, other people see you. Like, why can't you see you? And I was just, I looked at him and in my mind, I was like, God, that's good stuff. But you know, I couldn't like shake my brat moment, but later, <laughs> later on, I was like, babe, that is great. Because that's, that's, that's probably one of the most powerful things I've heard because a lot of times in entrepreneurship, when we feel like things aren't happening, when we feel like this should be what it is. And, and that's another thing we should, you know, should all over ourselves. By mm -hmm. <laughs> this should happen. It should be this way. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> this is this should be going on right now. And so gotcha. we, we miss what's happening. And he was like, if you could just if you could see you, like you wouldn't need anybody else to see you. And honestly, ever since he said that to me, I've turned a corner. I hear that. With remembering that. I hear that. I, I think I'm gonna steal that, you know, we should all over ourselves. I think a lot of people yeah. do that in this <laughs> lifestyle for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. If I could with a follow-up, if you will, because you talk about your husband and how he's an entrepreneur as well. Uh, well, fir first thing, are, are you guys working on the same business together or you have your thing and he has his? Um, I have my thing. He has his. We're okay. building together. We're recently married. So okay. Okay. Um, Congratulations. Like the merging of Thank you. There's right. still the merging of things. I mean, we've, we, we are always in each other's businesses. I mean, gotcha. even before Understood. we got married Understood. now more so. Um, mm -hmm. And now we're working on creating several projects together coming up, but yeah, we're, we're always kind of in tandem. Okay. So with that being said, uh, final follow-up to that question uh, with that being said, how does both of you being entrepreneurs, how has that, you know, benefited you both has that you know maybe presented some challenges tell us a little bit about that, if you would um well I definitely think when you get uh, married or when you're in a long-term relationship you definitely want to make sure that you have a purpose partner because a lot of times people get together and you know it's not for reasons that can withstand what a long-term relationship requires gotcha. and um, there's, it's, you know, it's so sad when I see somebody who really wants to do something and they have a partner who's like, you know, yeah, right. Or get a job or, or you can't do that. Or, you know, you're too old for that. Um, and I just, I'm so thankful to God that I have someone who understands that, who understands that I would rather, you know, eat, of my, eat out of my own garbage than to eat out of somebody else's. Gotcha. And there's no shade with, working because I've, I've worked my whole life it's just it, it, I think some people are just built to do more like I, I always that. say that the place that I belong is the place that I create mm. that's why every job has never felt right for me I hear um, that that's powerful stuff so yeah so he celebrates that you know he 
does whatever it takes. He, he gets it because he's been doing it much longer than me. So he, he really gives me the room to thrive. He gives me the room to be in a space that isn't so great. Although he doesn't let me stay there too long because he recognizes what it takes and he really celebrates every win. He celebrates everything. If I get like one subscriber on YouTube, he's like, all right, babe, you, you know, that's great. And I'm like, it's only one. And he's like, it doesn't matter. One right. is more than zero, you know? You so he recognizes that um, where, and, and we both do that for each other, where I think some, some people would not be able to do it. We, we both can support each other in that way. And like low, low times in entrepreneurship just don't scare us. We're kind of like, Oh, okay, well what's next? Like, how do we, how do we figure that out? I hear um, that. Where it can be taxing is it's also, it can be stressful. Mm -hmm. So you have to learn to communicate effectively and you have to learn when not to communicate, you know, you you have to know when to give your partner space or when to support them or when to let them feel um you creating your schedules um that could be something that's huge because sometimes you can be in the same space but not even be there because you both are so hyper focused on what you need to get done so just learning to um, make room for everything, make room for the relationship, make room for, you know, we have family meetings once a week. I mean, I'm sorry, once a month that we, you know, have a Google doc and we go over everything, making room for all aspects of life that. without, that. without, you know, dismissing um, each other or the businesses or anything like that. Um, as long as you do that, then it doesn't have to be like a terrible thing, but you have to recognize it. If you think that you're going to be a full-time entrepreneur and a full-time, you know, wife or spouse or, or girlfriend or whatever, and mm -hmm. ignore and, and think that those things will always be 50, 50, they won't, but you have to, if you have somebody who recognizes that, then it could definitely work. I hear that. Thank you for sharing that. That's great stuff. Because a lot of times, because me and my wife, we work on the same business together. And it's a question that we get all the time. Like, how are you able to have that work-life balance between being entrepreneurs and being husband and wife? And so I wanted to kind of share that piece with Startup Nation from a different perspective, because we share that part from our perspective on the show from every once in a while. But I wanted to hear a different perspective. So thank you so much, Miss Lee, for sharing that. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you this. What's a very popular misconception in your mind when people start a business? Um, because they love it, it's going to work. <laughs> mm, okay. Okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's great to have a passion for what you're doing, but passion doesn't always uh, equate to profit. Mm -hmm. And it's not enough to just love it. You know, like, it's, it, you know, a business is very similar to a relationship. Just because you love that person doesn't mean it's going to work out if you don't put the work in. You know, just because you love the business or you're good at it doesn't mean that, you know, it's going to work out um, just because you love it. There is a lot of work that has to go into a business. And a lot of it is stuff that you don't want to do. You know, I mean, the relationship between business and, and relationships are very um, cohesive because it's like people will say, Oh, I want to get married. Well, why? Oh, I just want to wake up next to someone. And that's beautiful. You know, let me pull out my cello, but that's not <laughs> all that marriage is. Gotcha. I'll just, <laughs> <laughs> let me pull out my cello. I used to play the cello for five years, by the way. Oh, okay. But, gotcha. Okay. Yes. Yeah. But it's, um, 
you know, that's not you know, just waking up next to someone that that's beautiful. It's not the only thing. And just being, having a thriving business, it sounds beautiful, but that's not the only thing. And a lot of times, you know, the relationship that you have with yourself, the relationship that you have, you know, with whomever you're in a relationship will 1000% affect the way that you do your business because, you know, you are your foundation. And then from that, everything else grows. So when you want to start a business, look at it from the nuts and bolts perspective, Mm -hmm. because that is what you're going to have to struggle through. That is what you're going to have to get accustomed to, um, to make that business work. Same thing with marriage. When I tell people about like marriage, I say, I didn't wrap my mind around like all the fun stuff because I wouldn't have to get used to the fun stuff. I thought about the stuff where, okay, I need to improve on that or that, Oh, that might really irritate me or whatever the case may be. When you wrap your mind around the stuff that isn't the easiest to um, come across or the easiest to get used to, that's when you really focus on the nuts and bolts of, of the business or whatever. And, then you might be more equipped for it. Awesome stuff. So I'm looking at your west website. I'm sorry. Uh, I am successfully mm-hmm. com, and and I'm I'm curious. You know, how did you get the idea or the concept for you know that type of branding, that type of business? You know, why why would you why did you decide to call it that? You know, I don't always have a an, a reason for my ideas. Sometimes they just come to me. And um, I, I usually like to go on drives where the radio is off and I'm just going somewhere aimlessly just to kind of zone out gotcha. um, and not be distracted. I and I really don't even remember when that came to me, um, but I liked it. And I kind of go with my feelings. Like if something sticks for me, you know, um, mm-hmm. I go with that and, and that's it. So I, I don't even remember what made me think of it. Except I, I know that I wanted something that was not gender specific gotcha. and I wanted something that I could build upon in my mind because I, I kind of think, you know, 10 years out or 20 years out and okay, and bring it back to the current space. And the, the brand is successfully me mm-hmm. because I wanted people to take ownership of their own success and whatever mm-hmm. that might be. And I feel like that's a timeless brand. So it just made perfect sense to me. So I went with it. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. So I know f- for the most part, it's just you, right? And, you know, and I know mm-hmm. you, you enlist the, uh, the, uh, the advice and the probably some manpower from your husband as well from time to time, correct? Mm-hmm. But, but, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. But as you continue to scale and grow larger, what would be an ideal uh, employee for what you do in your business? Um, someone who could wear various hats because I wear various hats. You know, if I were to take somebody on right now, you know, I pitch myself, I write, um, you know, I create products, I do shipping, you know, I do a lot. So someone who um, has a various skill set for me, and I tell people this all the time, even if you're looking for a new job, it's not about what you've been doing because a lot of times people want to change what they're doing. You know, I want to go into this and they're scared to do it because, well, my resume has 10 years of this. So what I say is like, think about transferring skill sets. What skill can be applied or what skills can be applied to something that you want to do? So I would want someone who had various skill sets that could be applicable to my needs. And then also someone with vision, you know, I'm a huge, this is going to happen. Um, or this is how I see things. And I don't scale back. Like I'm like, 
you know, I'll meet Oprah and I will. And I mean that, that you know, okay. and if you look okay. at me like, if you look at me like I'm crazy, like we're not, we're not going to work out. And I don't say it like, you know, aimlessly. I say it like, this is what's going to happen. And we're going to start working on that. Um, that. So someone who has the vision to see beyond what may make sense right now, because I don't limit myself. Got you. So right, right. it would have to be someone like that. You definitely have to, you know, you have to be skilled for sure. But, but vision to me is even more important than that. You know, because if somebody has the skill set that I need, but they can't see beyond this moment, then that that synergy would not work. So basically, when you tell a prospective employee, like, I'm going to meet Oprah one day, or I'm going to, you know, see Oprah one day, you want somebody who's going to say, all right, well, let's figure out how we do that then. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Because beyond her, who, you know, like, is definitely on many a vision board, and, and, and I do intend on working with her. Absolutely. I, I will say that about anything, you know, like, this mm-hmm. is what I want to create. Like, I've created so many tools and so many things that are, that are going to happen. And it's, they're far from happening right now, but we're on our way to making them happen. And we've already laid a blueprint and those things are happening. So you have to be able to see that and then come back to real time um, because that's how it happens. You know, people don't meet people or people don't just create businesses. And, you know, when you look at a retreat with 500 people that, that are so moved by the experience that happened with sitting in your living room, jotting down on a notepad, you know, Like watching an old episode of of Shark Tank, you know, doing like it didn't happen like, oh, we're at this retreat. So I need somebody who can recognize things even when they're not there. Understood. Understood. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, Let me ask you this. And and I imagine, you know, when you're talking about, you know, talking to people one on one, when you, you know, when you're giving them that life coaching advice, if you will. And that sounds stupid. Forgive my ignorance if I'm saying it wrong. No, No, um, you're perfect. But but when you're giving them that advice, you know, have you ever had a situation where you, well, okay, let me go back. Let's say you're, you're meeting with a person for the first time, right? And you're trying to see if you're a good fit. And then you come mm-hmm. to a, a situation where you figure out this, is, this isn't going to be a great fit. Have you ever had to turn a person down? And what did that look like? Um, absolutely. Um, I think that like when I've worked traditionally, I didn't have a choice. You know, you can't, Understood. you know, when you're, when you're a team of therapists, you can't um, say, uh, you know, every blue moon, you can say, listen, this is not going to be a good fit. Right. Um, but most of the time you can't, you don't control who comes in those doors. You don't control anything. Um, so privately, that was really important for me to be able to do. Um, now, there'll be a myriad of reasons why I wouldn't take someone on, but the, the two that come to mind, um, are one, if they require something that I can't give. So I think it's really important for egos to be laid aside in businesses. And especially when you have your own business, because you gotta, you, it's better to pass on an opportunity than to make yourself a fool on an opportunity that you really couldn't take on anyways, because that stays with you. Um, But if you learn to refer out, then you're another person who presented that person or that company with an opportunity that would serve them and you're still like in the loop of like good feelings so if I had someone who needed something from me that I couldn't give which I've had that then I refer them out um so that's it's really important to just be connected 
because I have various people that I'm connected to that I say, Hey, I think this would be a good fit for you. Or, Hey, this is your specialty. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to take that on. I'm not equipped to take that on. Or maybe that's just not what my brand is about. And I don't want to take that on. Um, so that's one Two, Um, I usually do like an initial consult, you know, 20, 20 minutes. It usually runs over just because, you know, it's hard to kind of, cut somebody off when they're sharing their heart and soul but it's really just like a a a a good fit call to see hey what is it that you need what are you looking for just to see how we vibe let them know how I work what I'd be expecting um and if it's someone who I don't think is really serious um or isn't going to do what I require which isn't you know, it isn't much, it's, it's nothing crazy, but um, if someone is, you know, people have their own idea of what they think this is supposed to be. And if right. they don't want to do it, that's fine. But if I, you know, like I, I do action plans with every, within every session. So if you don't do the action item on one session, I give you a freebie, like, Hey, let's get to it. You know, gotcha. but if the second session comes and you still haven't, and there's no plausible reason, then we, we kind of have to like move on because this is not like a, you know, a fun girlfriend's conversation. This, right, this you right. know, you want something, I'm here to help you get that. So if I don't see you wanting it, you know, I don't want it, want, I don't want to want it more than you do, then, you know, then it's not a good fit and then I'll have to pass. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, there are times where I, where I definitely have to do that. Gotcha. And, and you know what, it, bring, it, bring, it goes back to a point you were mentioning earlier about, you know, you have the people who give great motivational quotes as opposed to a licensed and trained uh, life coach, if you will, because you talked about those action items. And it really speaks to sometimes in your line of work, you got to have those tough conversations, right? It can't always mm-hmm. be sunshine and rainbows. And, and, and I think that's one of those things where uh, having that that uh, those certifications and licensors, if you will, does come into play. And it really does speak to uh, having a passion for it as well, because, you know, if you're just giving them what they want to hear, are you really helping that person? Right. Does that make sense? You know, like I said, you're you're absolutely the expert. I'm just trying to see if I'm comprehending what you're talking about. But uh, I imagine that's, that kind of goes on a lot in your line of work, correct? Absolutely. And, Mm. you know, I, I feel like um, if you have a therapist or a relationship coach or a life coach or whatever the case may be, that is like outside of maybe your spouse or, you know, maybe your best friend or whatever, that might be like the person that's closest to you because you confide in them and you might be closer to them in terms of the information that they know than some of your friends. Or, you know, I've had, you know, one spouse come talk to me because they were struggling with the other spouse. So I think, um, that relationship is really important. So I really take the time to, um, you know, get to know someone and let them get to know me. Um, I think it's really important that the person gets to know me um, because, you know, I, I have various ways that I interact with my clients. I'm very, you know, funny, sarcastic, Sometimes Mm -hmm. I, you know, give you love because you need it. And sometimes I'm a straight shooter. And I would say that I'm probably a straight shooter most of the time, even in a loving way. But but my, I usually kind of let people know that. And so they know to, okay, this person cares about me. This person wants the best for me. Therefore, when I give them like, listen, you need to knock it off. Like they know, okay, she's not being, you know, she's not being a a witch with a B. (laughs) (laughs) Gotcha. (laughs) Understood. Understood. You know, I know she has my 
best. I know she wants the best for me. Um, so I think it's really important to build that relationship so that you can be very direct so that I can be saying like, you know, like knock it off with the excuses. Like, I don't really care if we've built that relationship, you know, like she's right. Like I do, you know, what is wrong with me or, or whatever. Um, but it's important because you're coming to me for a reason. And if, if it was just to talk about stuff and vent and continue to talk about that, we have girlfriends, we have our mm-hmm. homeboys, we have whomever. Right. Um, when you seek somebody who is, is meant to help you, then you want to get the best out of it. You want me to want that for you because you're paying me, you know? Absolutely. Let me ask you this. If you had one piece of advice for somebody who's starting out on their business, whether it be life coaching or anything else, what would that one piece of advice be? I would say take it seriously. Okay. Because um, a lot of, a lot of times we, we think of a business and even though, you know, if you ask somebody, they will respond logically. Of course I would take it seriously. It is a business, you know, <laughs> gotcha. like, but, right. <laughs> but how often do, how often do our um, actions reflect that we take it seriously? Um, so with work, whether you want to or not, you got to get up and go, whether you right. want to do this or not, you got to do it with entrepreneurship. A lot of times we work on our business at our leisure. Mm. So that's not going to get the job done if you want to transition into full-time entrepreneurship. Um, it takes consistency. You know, you leave that nine to five, you, you do that five to nine. I used to do it all the time and I'm a night owl. So, right. you know, nine to five and then I come home and, you know, do what I do. And then I get to work on my computer, you know. Um, you have to take it seriously and you have to really recognize the parts of it that make it a business. Your passion does not make it a business. I hear that. Um, the work that you do, the logistical, you know, the nuts and bolts, those are what makes it a business. You know, getting, you know, your LLC or S-Corp or whatever, cor- you know, incorporation you want to do. Um, mm-hmm. Getting a business bank account. Like, people don't even have that stuff, but they have a business. And it's like, how? You know, that's, that's not a business. That's just something that you like doing. And, if you want to make it a business, then you have to treat it seriously. It's almost like when you're dating. If you're dating casually, then, you know, you're, you're not really introducing them to mom and dad. You know, they might not know all your friends. They might, hell, they might just bump into your friend on accident. That wasn't right, even meant right. to you know, happen, you know? Absolutely. Um, when you're dating with purpose, they meet mom and dad. They do know your best friends. They, you know, they get to come to some parts of your life that, you know, other people aren't allowed or other people haven't been allowed. They, you guys go on a trip together. They're consistent. They mean something. So you prioritize them. You gotta, you gotta like, you marry your business. Like you have to do not, your business is not a side chick. It's not, you know, a casual, <laughs> it's not a casual date. It's gotcha. not a one night stand. You gotta get married if I you want that. it to work. I hear that. I hear that. Thank you stuff. Once again, start of nation, just in case you didn't catch that your business is not a side chick. Okay. <laughs> Make sure we get that out there. That's a very important stuff, Miss Lee. Okay. So um, thank you for sharing that. Um, Ms. Lee, I know you mentioned Oprah, but who else are your mentors? Um, I kind of follow um, several people in my okay. industry. I follow a lot of people, but when I think about um, kind of mimicking people that I want to mimic in terms of my reach, I look at Lisa Nichols. Um, even, even though some people might question a Jan Van Zandt, Okay. Um, I kind of look at the way that she, 
uh, ask questions, the way that she pulls things from her clients. So, so I pick bits and pieces of people that I want to um, mimic. I also have some local people that I look out to because they are, um, they're married and they're mothers and they're entrepreneurs. So I have some like local people in my life that I look to because, you know, at some point that will be the next step, you know, in my life. And I want to see how that works, you know, being um, a mother, an entrepreneur, a wife, how that works. So I look to some national people that I like their style and then some people that I can feel in touch and, and okay, I'm doing, I can do this because they're doing it. And how are you doing it? And I'm able to talk to them, you know, about how to balance all of those things and um, kind of keep them all as successful as can be. Miss Lee, mm-hmm. I believe all entrepreneurs have a superpower. What's yours and why? I love that question. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> Thank my you. Super, yeah, that's very cool. Like, you know what's funny? It, it almost, it almost, a lot of times we're the worst um, critiques of ourselves. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're not, even though you probably do great things, you're not thinking of yourself in that way often. And right. um, so this question like promotes thinking of yourself. Now I feel like, Oh, what is my superpower? (laughs) Well, To to give credit where credit's due, my better half, my wife came up with that question when I was coming Ah. up with questions for the podcast. So I cannot take credit for that one. So (laughs) well, tell her I said, thank you. I I will. I will. I will. Um, I think that my superpower is the way that I'm able to connect and disarm people. Mm, Um, a lot of people can connect and a lot of people, you know, um, are people, you know, people persons, if, if that's what we want to call it. But I definitely have always, even in childhood, mm-hmm. been able to connect with, I mean, everybody, like young, old, where people open up and sometimes give me too much information. Um, <laughs> but but I, think that's, <laughs> I think that's a gift where people are comfortable enough to be like, I want to talk to you, or I really like you, or she's, you know, she's great, or I really value who you are. I think that's a gift to be able to be that connected and, and be able to give people a renewed or a new perspective and to disarm them. You know, at one point, all of my clients were just men. So mm. that's, the, that's the, uh, the disconnect that we think men don't talk. Well, because, you know, society has been saying men don't talk, men haven't been talking or they do in maybe dysfunctional ways or maybe not as often as they should. So I would have men hit me up like, hey, you know, can I have some sessions? I want to talk to you about this. It would range from work to marriage to just wanting a different life, just very different things um, or relate. I had a man hit me up a few uh, weeks ago about struggles in a relationship. So um, I think that that's great because here here we have you know some the men who say they don't talk wanting to talk to someone but I think what's beautiful about that is they saw something in me that would allow them to be comfortable enough you know it's easy to get women to talk if they want to um and I definitely am like a girl's girl but I'm also a girl's guy I guess that's what you would call it I get what you mean I get what you mean (laughs) I'm able to kind of like toggle between the two but i i thank god for like the gift of being able to be that person that people see something in where they want to talk to me they want to um confide in me and know that it's going to a good place and just be comfortable because then i can be my you know crazy self and and they get it they they get that that's all a part of the package um Mm -hmm. and i've just you know being in this industry i've seen so many people you know who are very great on paper 
Um, and they they suck. For oh, lack wow. of them. They just, gotcha. Yeah, I gotcha. It, that's terrible, but it is what it is. I mean, hey, it is what it is, like you said. It is what it is. Yeah, they're just people. Like, I've watched them as people, and they're, like, nasty people. Mm. And I see people go to them, like, you know, or I've seen, people I used to work with, so let me just mm. put it out there. I because you. you work closely with people, you see them in all facets, and I would see, like, a client go into their office, and I'm like, oh, God, you know, I really hate that for them, because I know this person is not that great and they kind of like project not even in their skill but they project kind of their own misery onto people Mm. and i would have clients knock on my door saying like hey you know i want to ask this you know the um the program manager if you can be my therapist like i want to switch or can i talk to you when i'm not talking to my therapist and i would say well you know that's kind of like a you know that's a conflict of interest i'm so sorry like and you know talk and joke in the hallway but I really can't overstep um you know with your own clinician but I would get that so it's like I just I always want to promote something internally that projects to people understanding that this is a good place and unfortunately every therapist isn't every life coach isn't um they kind of get wrapped up in what they think it is everybody thinks it's like warm and fuzzies on the couch it's not you know <laughs> right and right. um you know i just think that that's really important understood thank you for sharing that that's awesome so miss lee this is the point of the show where you get to promote yourself promote your website promote any like events coming up any products that you got there the floor is yours to do exactly that awesome okay so obviously um i do sessions um you know, my, my main hub is relationships, but Mm -hmm. a lot of times people just kind of want some sort of transformational sessions where they're trying to get from point A to point B. So I focus a lot on that. So I do have um, sessions that I do um, as well as, okay, so we were talking about the tangible products earlier because people want tangible things. Um, So I've created a couple of things. So the first thing is called Sip and Share, A Fun Way to Be Nosy. It is a conversation starter game that I created for couples and women. It's it's interchangeable. I've seen everybody play it. And um, the questions are created from, you know, sex to relationships to life to career. Mm -hmm. And um, it was my way of getting people talking and connected again. So once again, like to me, a conversation can be so healing, but people are not talking anymore. You know, we're in a generation in a society where we're seemingly so connected via social media, we're ignoring the people who are in front of us. And we're having the same conversations over and over. When you see each other, it's kind of like the same, you know, rhetoric about, you know, the same race relationship, the same work issue, the same family member. So it presents the opportunity to connect in a way that you haven't been connecting or to create a new connection. And my, you know, I I will be honest in saying that my intention in this game was to create a breakthrough that people didn't know they needed or didn't know they wanted. So when you hear, oh, go see someone, people are like, oh, I don't need that. Of course not. I don't want to do that. Um, So I like to sprinkle, I like to offer like sugar, but I like to offer medicine, but sprinkled in sugar. So you don't, you don't see it, you know, um, it's kind of like a, a gummy vitamin, like that's, oh, gummy vitamins, it reminds me of, you know, gummy bears, okay, but it's still vitamins, it's still medicine, so um, for me, that game is to provide something, like a great time, but also provide something that you didn't know you needed, and I'll give that's you an sorry. example of that, um, I had somebody who uh, reached out to me and said that they really enjoyed playing the game, they had a girl's night, 
and they played the game. Um, it, well, she also had played it with her fiance as well. So that's why it's interchangeable, but she played the game and they had been going through uh, fertility issues. So mm. one of the questions kind of jogs that. Gotcha. Um, and so she said she, she just kind of had a breakdown in the middle of the game because gotcha. she's been going through this stuff. And then she said another woman who was playing, um, said that she had been going through that for the past year. So, so she said, obviously, I'm not walking around talking about this. And I know I'm not alone, but I always feel alone. Um, so she said the fact that, you know, this woman kind of said, hey, I'm going through this too. And they both got emotional and they both had this moment like, I'm here for you. Or I totally understand where you, what you're going through. <clears throat> she said that that was like such an amazing moment. And I got mm. chills when, when, you know, when I was reading this because, that's what I wanted. You know, right. who, who goes and pours a glass of wine to get super lit with their friends? And, you <laughs> right. know, because that's what we're doing. We're yeah, sitting, right, we're sharing. Right. The more you sit, the more you share. Right. You know, who's, who's doing that and then looking for this? But what a beautiful moment that they were able to have. So mm. I'm so grateful that my intention is like touching people because I've gotten videos of people like, you know, having such a good time. And then there'll, there'll be a question that's like, whoa, you know, I wasn't expecting right. this. But but they're all in it. So yes. Yeah, so I have sip and share a fun way to be nosy. Um, I have that on the website as well. And then I'm coming out with a book in the next few months. It's called successfully single choice or destiny. And it's a play on words because people hear successfully single and they're like, Oh, that's me. I'm successful and I'm single. This is geared towards a single woman who desires to be in a relationship, but for some reason has not been able to get into one or sustain one. Gotcha. So the, the entire idea really stems back to the relationship with self but of course the relationship with self is often reflected in the relationship with others gotcha. and I've just created a cast of characters that if you read them you get a snapshot of who they are and so they would either a remind you of yourself or b um, remind you of someone you know and then part two kind of transitions you to um, you know where I actually dictated this part so it could sound very much like me but where I kind of get to interact with each character and it's just part one of a series that I'm creating and there's just a couple of exercises in the book and everything else so that will be coming out in a few months um, successfully um, single choice or destiny and I think it, it's going to be great you know I created it to be actually something that could be turned into a movie or a series and and you know the my editor read it and my I work with the brand strategist and she read it as well mm -hmm. and they were like floored first of all they were like okay you know why are you writing about my life so <laughs> I right. was like well I'm not <laughs> but I'm glad that they connected with it because I want that connection I want people to be uncomfortable I want you know my sister actually read it too and she was like B are you talking about me and I'm like no like this is not about you you know but right. it, it, it emotionally charges people. Um, so I definitely am looking forward to sharing that with, with people because I think it's going to be great. And that will be on the website soon. So the website is www.iamsuccessfullyme.com. And if there's any other requests that people want, because I have people request, you know, you know uh, things I've been um, speaking a lot this year, which is crazy because it's only January, but I've had a lot of um, <clears throat> request to speak and to attend things oh nice so, uh it's just yeah i'm actually speaking at a brunch on sunday 
Uh, I was just published on bravotv.com. So a lot of great things are happening. And, you know, the, if you don't, if those products don't work for you, or if you're looking for something, um, I'm successfullyme.com is a great way to just connect with me and touch base. Awesome stuff. And, you know, I, I love that you, you talked about how when you created something and it really helped somebody, just how powerful that is. I think a lot of times as entrepreneurs, we forget that part, that a lot of times some of the things that we create, whether it be cupcakes or smartphones or your game, if you will, in some way, form or fashion, it provides them uh, something that they're looking for. It provides them a sense of comfort. It provides them something that they can really help them. Or if it just, you know, it's a nice escape from it all. Right. But when you told that story, uh, that it really helped. That that's powerful stuff. Thank you for sharing that so much, Ms. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's really going to kind of conclude the show. Uh, if you want to give out any last pointers or anything for uh, Startup Nation to kind of have as they go forth on their path of entrepreneurship, we will be very open and welcome for you to do that right now. I guess my my moving forward, my advice would be to just do it, you know, like to take Mm -hmm. Nike's slogan away from them. A lot of times we get caught up in our um, own self-imposed limitations. We get caught up in this timeline that really doesn't exist. Um, Well, I'll do it then, or, you know, it'll take too long to do this, or, you know, I don't have time, or I'm too old, or whatever the case may be. The reality is the time will pass anyway. So if it takes you three years to do, if it's going to take three years to build, in three years, if you're lucky enough to be alive, are you going to turn around and be like, man, I wish I started that three years ago. Right. So just, just do it, you know, make it happen. It can, it can be done. People with far less with who know far, far less have done it. So I I definitely love to support and see people doing the things that make them happy because we spend so much time in like almost like a drone life, you know, kind of like Mm. doing the same thing over and over. Sometimes I feel like that. I used to feel like that in traffic, like just a a slew of drones. And if for nothing else, if it's for your mental health, work on your passion. It doesn't have to become this huge business. It doesn't have to um, become the sole thing that you do. But that type of nourishment for yourself and your own mental health will, it'll transcend so many things. It'll transcend you. It'll transcend everybody that you touch. And you never know um, what kind of uh, impact that you're making in the world, in your community, and it will come back like a boomerang. So you definitely want to plant that seed right now. Thank you for sharing that. And that's going to conclude this episode of The Startup Life. Ms. Lee, did you enjoy being on there? This was awesome. It was a great way to start my Saturday morning. (laughs) I hope so. Thank you so much. So here's my final take. Stephanie Lee is one of those entrepreneurs that takes a very introspective approach as she builds her business. She knows that she has to hold herself accountable. And as she said in her own words, you have to be married to your business. And it could be that very thing or the fact that she grew up in a culture of entrepreneurship around her family that's going to prove to be successful for her in the long term. If you want to let us know what you think about our show, have an idea for a show topic, or would like to advertise on our show, send us a message on the Start of Life podcast Facebook page. And while you're there, like and follow our page as well. It's a new way for us to engage with you, Startup Nation, and really grow our community. The link is here in the show notes. Subscribe to the Startup Life as it can now be heard on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, and SoundCloud. A very good review is appreciated as it helps more people find our show. And hey, if you have an idea, be about that life, the Startup Life.